Hi there, and welcome to Fantasy for the Ages, the show where father and son sit down and talk about some fantasy books. I'm the son of that equation, Zach. And I'm still the father, Jim. Nice to have you with us here today for another one of our Wheel of Time deep dive episodes, as we've got two chapters for you today on the fires of heaven. But before we get into that, how you doing, Dad? I'm doing fine-ish. Ooh. This was the first day back to work after uh, a week of vacation. Fair enough. Uh, your, your mother and I had actually been gone for two weeks because the first week was we were off at a conference. I was at the conference. She was just vacation. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we got to see Portland, Maine, which was very cool. Mm-hmm. A- and then on the flight back, stopped and visit your sister in Minnesota. Minnesota. Yeah, where it was hot and there were lots oh, of Oh, yeah, bugs. sure. You betcha. But it was still nice to see your sister and other family members that were back there. But uh, we got home this morning, like due to delay and a lost bag. Whose bag? Mine, one of mine got lost and they still haven't called me yet. They still haven't found it? No, no, it's not even been 24 hours yet. So they say most bags are recovered within the first 48 hours. I'm like, okay. That's still a while without your bag. Yeah. Now, on the good side, it's... My small bag that was full of nothing but dirty laundry. Okay, from that's the good. first week of the trip. Okay, nice. Although I'd also shoved my gym shoes in there because uh, so you're not doing I was much wearing, walking. Right, I was wearing nothing but sandals the second week, so I didn't need the gym shoes. So yeah, my gym shoes are lost right now, which I mean, sucks. it could be an excuse to get a new pair. I'm sure they're dying. No, no, these are still pretty good. These are really, pretty new ones. Uh, new-ish, but I didn't need new ones yet. So man. So I need that to show up. Plus, I could only wash half my laundry because <laughs> you only had to wash half your laundry. Yeah. No, okay. Silver linings. There you go. But uh, delays and lost stuff and stuff. We didn't get home last night and into bed till like two thirty. It was crazy, and then up again at six thirty. So it was a short night, and yet I'm surprisingly fresh and going strong today. At least for now. We'll see how well you are by the end of the episode. There you go. How you doing? Uh, I'm doing fine. Um, Roly's been a little bit of a brat here and there uh, in terms of deciding that he needs to use the bathroom in the middle of the night. But, you know, hmm. that's what that's what kids do, I guess. Bladder control issues. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't blame him that much when he like, just, like chose not to eat through most of the day. So we let him eat at night. And, well, now he needs go use the bathroom at night so i'm just happy he's eating <laughs> on the other side we we did something interesting yesterday which is to say uh we beta tested an escape room because rachel just meets people and talks okay. about things and so that was a fun opportunity sure. um it was a little humorous though because uh we're awful people and uh it was under the sea themed so there were a lot of topical submarine jokes um, oh yeah they were imploding everywhere mm, yeah no. we're bad people titanically horrible you're bad people too oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay all right well uh let's see you're drinking something i can see oh. you're drinking something what are you drinking i'm drinking something i don't think i've i don't think i've drank on the podcast before which is a little surprising considering it's like A young person staple. I'm drinking a vodka Red Bull. Okay. I've never heard of a vodka Red Bull, so it must be a young person staple. Not we oldie folks. 
I, after two weeks away, unable to have one, made a nice Long Island iced tea today. Okay, hold on. Hold on. Unable to have one or unable to make one at your own bar? Mostly that one. Yeah, they like, are you telling me you well went enough two anywhere weeks else. without having one anywhere they, they else? Just, they don't make them well enough. So, yeah. Nice I will confess, it took me like three days into you being with family to realize that, duh, you're close to family. You're not just visiting Melissa, not just my <laughs> sister, but there were more people. Lots and it wasn't until people. I saw on the our Fantasy for the Ages Discord that you were with other family that I realized I went, oh yeah, they could yeah, visit your, the other family there. Your mother was kind of in trouble for that because she like kind of forgot to mention we were coming <laughs> they kind of heard through the grapevine maybe through melissa or something so are they like are they gonna come see us or <laughs> <laughs> it's so okay. we did of course we spent I'm... all of monday with her family and then the fourth there was a picnic and we spent a good chunk of time there and and then the fifth we went all morning and into the early afternoon so, At the end yeah. of the day, no matter how bad y'all are in that doghouse, I'm worse because I wasn't there. And I have not been there in a little while. You don't have to be there every time. It's all right. Anyways. Yes. Um, we've done our drinking and we've checked up with each other. Let's hit some notes here. We just got a few things that are kind of fun and cool. Cool, cool, uh, cool. YouTube, the numbers keep climbing. I mean, man, they are rocketing up now. In the last four weeks, we've added more than 80 subscribers. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, I looked a little earlier today, and we were right at 365. So one for every day of the year. And then someone else subscribed. So so now we're a leap year. Exactly. And I'm just peeking again because, man, these numbers, they climb so fast these days. It's Hey, it's really I'm not fun. complaining. I am not complaining. No, no, we're not complaining at all. Speaking but of numbers, no, still 366. Numbers climbing. I don't see it in your notes, but you sent me an, an another interesting number this past week about Twitter, I think. I did. I'll move on to Twitter in just a second. <clears throat> I uh, I still had a little more on YouTube to note. Uh, oh, yeah. No, no. Keep, we, we, yeah. We're fluid. Well, part of our recent growth was, you know, you had mentioned this silo trilogy yeah and, and that there was a show uh -huh. and i was like oh i should try those so i read those books plowed through those books did little book you know reaction videos to each one well then when silo on apple tv finished with its cliffhanger and people mm -hmm. wanted to know they started searching for things and people found those videos <laughs> and my book three one on dust which reveals some spoilers about book one and book two which is all content you know, book one is really where the show content came from. It's over 2,400 views now. It's our single highest video at this point. And the other two are doing pretty good, too. So, but, you know, I got some comments. We want more spoilers. Okay, these are spoiler light episodes. They aren't intended to spoil. So I did drop a new episode related to Silo today. Oh, my goodness. We're breaking the system. That's just pure. Okay, you wanted it. I'm going to ruin it all for you. So in about 13 minutes, I just kind of explained everything that they were curious about from season one with big disclaimers. If you don't want to be your surprises messed up, do not watch this video. Basically, if you're a regular content consumer who likes our style, usually go away because you're not going to like this <laughs> as we're about to spoil everything. Right, right. So 
we'll see how that does. It's been live for like, I don't know, an hour or so. And it's got five views. You know, it hasn't exactly caught on yet, but give it time. Give it time. And if you're watching this now and you want to know all the it's secrets. It's been there more than an hour. If yeah, you're watching go it check now. it out now. Go check it out. Okay, so that was fun. Um, yeah, Twitter. We did. We As Twitter is collapsing under yeah. Elon Musk's poor management, Correct. we broke the 1,000 follower barrier. So. There still are at least 1,000 people who have accounts. Not necessarily that are on Twitter, but at least that still have accounts. Right, right. <laughs> In fact, we're at uh, 1,006 as of this recording, which is great. You know, that many people hanging out with us. Uh, I did open a Threads account for us, too, now, just in <clears> case <throat> Twitter dies and Threads is the new thing. prepared for whatever is becoming known yep. in so we're not a really similar format. Doing much other than finding people, following them back on the Threads moment. right now. But we're prepping, you know, just in case. We're doomsday prepping, you know? the apocalypse <laughs> already happened we're just seeing Dude, whether or not like it's survivable we're social media preppers that's how we got on mastodon now <laughs> we're on twitter yeah and why we're still on facebook just in case <laughs> it could be a revival it won't be but it could yeah. be now are you an instagram personally yeah i haven't posted in like two and a half years okay right. but well, i'm on it i, I found out an today, interesting thing i think I just saw something through Instagram where I was like, I think this friend of mine, I thought they were married. I'm not sure they're married anymore. Well, that was fast. No, it'd been like a few years or something, but it still was something where I just like, I don't know. I should mm -hmm. catch up with that person. Well, if you decide to open a personal threads account, be aware you can't change your mind and delete it without <gasps> losing your Instagram because they <gasps> link. So all your Instagram followers automatically become threads followers but then if you want to cancel threads it cancels instagram which is mm. kind of a glitch that they didn't warn people about but they're trying <laughs> whatever okay last thing before we talk about wheel of time update on books ah, um yes let me update mine because all of mine are sitting Do in it. front of us on the screen actually boom boom, boom boom yeah so i finished memories of ice malazan three it was incredible the best one yet right below me on the screen is book two of king killer chronicle the wise man's fear i took a break from listening to that for almost two weeks while i was traveling i was just too busy didn't have mm. time really but i started again today and it picked right up where i left off it's still fantastic okay. uh way over there night angel nemesis that was sitting home so I didn't touch that for two weeks, but it was I was too big, too heavy. Way too big, way too heavy. You're not like me who travels with most of his weight in allotted being books. But while Memories of Ice was almost done, Brandon Sanderson's way in the corner there, uh, next secret novel dropped July 1st, the Kindle version, Yumi and the Nightmare Painter. And I read all of that in two days. It's not a very long book, but it is quite a good book, even though... Ugh, romance is involved it was still a good book i'm gonna do some content on it uh book blast review something um maybe this weekend so i enjoyed it very much and moved right on to the one that's then right in the center that you can't really read but if you know the picture you know what it is we break immortals uh thomas riley's first book in the advent lumina cycle i think it's the only book out and it's quite good i'm reading it because spence over at the Fantasy Files challenged mm. me to read it. I, it was down on my TBR farther up. He won a little challenge, so it went up higher, and it's quite good. Nice. That's what I'm reading. How about you? Uh, I don't. 
think I have quite as many things to run through, but I do have a couple of things. Uh, notably, I am officially, officially, we're like halfway through the year, right? I have met my reading goal for the year. Uh, last year I did 30 books, so this year was 30. I'm at 35 now. Yay! Um, and wait, wait well over count. a thousand more pages than I did last year. Good. But um, books I've finished recently, we finished up uh, Kane's Law. So the Acts of Kane are all done now. Oh, um, knocked it out. Good. I enjoyed it. Uh, I do. I can see a lot of people potentially not loving it. I really liked it. Okay. Uh, and so there's plenty of room for discourse on that one. Um, I also read this book that was sent <gasps> to us. Yes, that's um, still waiting for me to read. Like, it's coming very soon. It was a very different, interesting, uh, like, pace, tone, vibe. Um and I wasn't you, sure how I felt about it for like most of it, but, but in you the got end it was it. like, yeah, no, I got through it, and in the end I was like, you know what, it was fine, it was good. Am I dying to read more about it? Not necessarily, but it, it, I don't regret reading it. And now our it's podcast fine. only listeners have no idea what you're talking about. Oh. But you didn't name the book. Yes, it's a wizard's dream. I'm not going to try and pronounce the author's name. I would butcher it. Yeah, he's in uh, he's in South Africa, I think, but he's actually of European descent, and it's a very Eastern European type name. I, I, I'm yeah. bad at whatever origin this name comes from, and I am so sorry. Um, but we so if yeah. you want me to pronounce it correctly, please send me a guide because <laughs> I'm bad. So if you're listening and you want to know who the author was. Um, come look at the video for a moment. Zach did hold the book up on the screen. <laughs> yeah, you're not going to see it. It's really dark on that picture. Um, what else, Zach? I've started now the next book in The Expanse, so Nemesis Games. Uh, just a few chapters into that one. But nice. it's looking good so far. And then uh, in paper copy, have just started a book that's been sitting on my shelf for like a year, year and a half. And mm -hmm. I've been meaning to read it. I've got the entire trilogy. I plan to blow through it. Um, the Poppy War. Ah, yeah, that's way down on my TBR still. Okay, cool. I'll be interested in what you think. But I think that's everything to update since the last time I had mentioned. All right, yeah, absolutely. All right, let's get into uh, the Fires of Heaven then. Let's do it. We're on, and I've got a typo right here off the bat. We're on chapter 47, not 44, like it says I know, in I my notes. 44. For Vin. No, we're definitely chapter 47, The Price of a Ship. And we begin back with Nynaeve, Elaine, Tom, Julin, this group of activity again. Uh, specifically, Nynaeve's point of view kicks us off, and we see her and Elaine being very catty at each other. Mm. We learn three days have gone by since Masima and Galad both offered to arrange for a ship for them to get out of Samara, and nothing's happened. I think... Offered might be too kind of a word. Um, both of them told Nynaeve that they were going to find a boat for her. And she said, yes, you're going to find a boat for me. To both she kind of, of leveraged both of them into saying they would Yeah, it was that, less so. like an offer and an agreement or a negotiation. It was more just like people bullying each other into get, doing <laughs> what that you want or letting me do it for you. When everyone uh, really was just trying to help, kind of. Now, with just waiting and nothing happening... Why would Nynaeve be so irritable? Oh, because she has to perform every day. That would be one thing. She definitely does not reason, like that. But that's 
that's the reason she's not thinking about the reason she's not voicing is that she has to keep doing these shows keep wearing this dress uh other reasons that she's actually going to be telling elaine include like every day that we stay here is another day that Gideon can be searching for us because she knows we're with this traveling carnival group. Every day we're here is a day we're stuck with these rising tensions in the city that we have to deal with, and it's another day further. Every day we're here is another day that Masima or Galad might change their minds and mm. do something underhanded with us. There's a lot of extenuating yeah. circumstances that waiting is not good, and Nynaeve doesn't do good waiting. We're finding that Elaine doesn't necessarily do well waiting either, or perhaps she doesn't do well with Nynaeve's waiting. Yeah, I think Elaine doesn't do well with Nynaeve being annoyed. They are snipping at each other, poking jibes at each other. And in the midst of an kind of an entertaining way Robert Jordan writes this conversation, they both stumble over the fact that they've been having Egwene appear in their dreams. And they realize it's been like identical Egwene with identical communication at them. So, like, it's really been Egwene in their dreams. They had no idea about yeah. this. They're realizing that Egwene isn't just meeting with them and telling Rowan Riyadh to talk about things anymore, but rather Egwene is projecting herself into their dreams and giving communications that way. Stuff that we've seen from Egwene's side a little bit, but is showing that she's kind of being better at whole, her whole dreamer thing. Yeah, definitely a, a leveling up of dreamwalker abilities. Now... They share notes, and this is where they can connect with the fact that they've got the same information uh, from Egwene, uh, some bits and pieces. Uh, what are what are the sort of things that they do learn from her? Uh, I'm going to be brief here first, and then we'll actually go into it. Uh, they learn what we did in the last few chapters. Mm. Mm -hmm. yeah, Which, so... if you weren't paying attention slash weren't with us for the last few chapters, um, Rand and the Aiel have succeeded in Kyrian. They defeated the Shido and Kuladin. They now are kind of occupying the city, but not necessarily in like an occupying the city kind of way. Mm -hmm. But kind of, yeah. Um, Rand also like... Overdid it? Yeah. But, 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 uh, he's not dead. So there's no, that. He's recovered. Uh, they learned there was a little extra behind what took a lot of out, out of Rand. Mm -hmm. And that had to do with uh, a Forsaken, perhaps? Though they're questioning whether it really could be. What Forsaken did they hear? Wayne saying who? Pretty sure that it's like Samael. And then they're like, what is it? And I mean, probably. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one toss toss in almost throwaway line is that Egwene recognized finally the little short staff that Rand's mm -hmm. been flaunting around at his dragon scepter, and that it's it's a Shanshin spear, or at least mm -hmm. part of a Shanshin spear. And Nynaeve and Elaine are like, really? But then their minds do go to what? How how might he have come upon a Shanshin like, spear? Oh, well, we know a Shanshin. She she works with. The elephants, sorry, thread it. Um, there's there's Sean Chan around. There was there was uh, a We we knew her. There's a number of Sean Chan that are just still around. Maybe someone is still around, or there was a Sean Chan on the run who had to sell their spears mm. or something, and that got yeah. passed around. Um, so yeah, none of them really stumbling upon the fact that uh, Avienda and Rand kind of discovered traveling again, kind of. 
and definitely Elaine mind, Elaine's mind doesn't go to what Rand and Avienda did just before getting nah, hold of that spear. Nah. Oh, if only we were. Though Elaine's mind probably does go to what she would like to do with Rand to help him recover. Does it have to do with his spear? Yep. <laughs> Stop. Okay. Sorry, okay. he carries a sword. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. Um, now, you something... think it's a short sword or a long sword? I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. stop. Wow. Curb scimitar? <laughs> this is bad. Okay. These are all things that they've shared notes they've learned about. But uh, something else we get because we're in Nynaeve's point of view is that she's really stuck on thinking about Mogedian. Ever since that incident with her and Brigitte facing Mogedian, that went badly. Nynaeve's basically terrified she's going to run into Mogidian again in Teleron Riyadh. So it's changed up how they've been using their dream Teleron Riyadh. Mm. They have been going in at the appointed times to meet Egwene, but no other time. Before that, they were, you know, popping in, seeing what they might find out, what kind of research Brigida could do for them, which yeah. of course isn't happening anymore. Basically, the Mogidian encounter taught them the lesson that the wise ones were trying to teach them. That Teleron, Teleron Riyadh is scary, and you shouldn't mess around there. But did it? Not really. Nynaeve is scared. She doesn't admit she's scared. She refers to herself as being cautious. Justifiably cautious. But Elaine thinks Nynaeve is overreacting. Who's right here? But, I mean, at the end of the day, what do they think? What are they doing? Elaine may think Nynaeve is overreacting, but she's also still currently respecting it and not going into the dream willy-nilly. Do you want to be thumped? Nah, especially not when I'm sleeping. <laughs> All right, so they've been talking about these things, and it's not exactly gotten amicable again. They're, they're very quickly, again, poking at each other. Things about appearance, about the, the skimpy stuff Elaine's wearing, and Nynaeve's prudishness, and any weak spots. You know, they're, they're easily nagging at each other when Brigida walks in. And instantly jumps right into the jibing, poking at Nynaeve, mm -hmm. who pokes right back. And they start going at each other so badly, Elaine has to shout them down. Well, we're glad that Nynaeve's not walking on as many eggshells anymore. <laughs> at least, yeah, she's irritable enough to let that go for a little bit. Now, Brigida does share. She didn't come in just to be irritable, to stir the pot. She wanted to let them know that Tom and Julin were back from town. And Nynaeve and Elaine kind of do a take. It's like, what? What do you mean back? They had no knowledge the guys had gone to town. And in fact, Nynaeve's like, they had no business going to town. So out she marches to give them what for. And what do they find? Uh, they find that they've already received what for from something, somewhere. They look rough. Mm. Why is it that like every time Tom and Julian are in the <laughs> scouting group for them, it's because the city is totally on in a state of unrest and it's like it's, unsafe to go out i think it's kind of their shtick you know they go they get beat up they come back that's how it works yeah i don't think it should work that way you don't have mm. to get beat up to learn things they might be doing it wrong i think eh. there need to be better rogues they need to be <laughs> stealthier you know now Nynaeve's like why would you go to town what in the world were you thinking and they had a reason to go into town yeah it's just you know the reason that there are already two powerful people in town doing things. What They're things? also looking for a boat. Okay, but it's been three days and no progress. 
So why would the guys try to go find a boat themselves? Because at that point, they're like, okay, we're sick of the fact that there's no boat, as well as, okay, what if these guys aren't actually getting us a boat, like they say, or they, they're getting a boat, and then they're trying to maneuver so that they have leverage rather than letting us actually get on a boat. That is all entirely possible, but I have a different theory. Go for it. I don't think they could stand the women anymore. For the for the love of the wheel, please make it stop. We've got to find a boat. I, I think that's what drove them to town. On the one hand, <laughs> I don't think you're necessarily wrong. On the other hand, we also see time and time again, Tom and Julian have a habit of doing things when they're told not to because they want to feel useful. They that's continually true. are trying things even when they're told like, no, don't do that. Or hey, you don't have to worry about that. And they're like, yeah, but we're going to. We're going to keep watch anyways. We're you going to go point. in and see about getting vegetables and food and all this stuff because they want to do something. So I think sitting around on their asses for three days while other mm. people are supposedly doing things for them rubs them just as badly. And so they're yeah, sitting here going... Not, maybe the women aren't the only irritable ones. Yeah, and so they're like, we've been sitting here unable to do anything. I want to do something to help. Well, now we hear from them why they are so banged up. Because apparently the town is in an uproar. There's mobs of dragons sworn roaming the streets, hunting dark friends, and anyone else who's not swearing to the dragon reborn and groveling in his name. It's getting pretty ugly. It doesn't help that there's also Children of the Light going around and swearing people are dark friends and stringing them up. And the same story. But that's not what they're bringing back as the cause of the chaos right now yes that was certainly the case before we know that so it wasn't as bad when they first went to town Mm -hmm. but it's been getting worse and worse there's even some fires showing as you look (gasps) the and julian's like okay once the flames start it's all downhill here really fast it's time to go yeah they don't have a good fire brigade i know they're on a river they're not putting those out very quickly. Mm. Nynaeve's like, well, you may have a point. I will take it under advisement. I mean, she's not taking orders from Julian, okay? Especially when they just didn't listen to her and went to town without permission. So a little pettiness, maybe, because it's probably a good idea to get out of here. Yeah, Nynaeve, if your pride gets you burnt, you will regret it. But then Uno shows up, changes the situation. He's found a ship. Hey, Ooh, we'll take it. Yes! Okay, he says... There's one issue, though. To get to the ship, we gotta get through all the riots in the city. There's, like, a lot of mobs between us and the docks. We might want to consider a different option. And Nynaeve says, no, that's our option. We're doing it. We're doing it, basically. He's like, but you don't understand. Masima has now basically declared war on Amadisha. He's sending his dragon sworn across the river. It's getting crazy out here now. This is just... Not a good time. Not a good time. And they lay it on really thick on him then. Mm-hmm. Um, Nynaeve, Elaine, mm-hmm. even Brigida gets in on this. They say, okay, we hear you, but you're Shinarin. And you have your men with you, 15 Shinarin at your disposal. And we know how well you've served. The Shinarins are famous for never backing down, for fighting against unthinkable numbers and being strong and courageous, we know you can take us through. It's pretty thick. Yeah, yeah. Is this about when Masima reveals the little piece of information he's been withholding here? Not Masima. You said Masima. You meant Uno. Sorry, Uno. Uno's been holding this bag. My bad. Names um, are yes. rough when you're drinking. 
This is this is, man. It's it's the Red Bull stuff, dude. I mean, vodka Red Bull. That's the problem. Caffeine, alcohol. No, it's the assumption that this is the first alcoholic thing I've had tonight. <laughs> so, what's the thing that's revealed? Oh yeah, um, they didn't find it first, which is a dumb thing to me because I'm like, okay, there was a boat coming. Didn't everybody like? Okay, it's not hidden. Your memory's a little off, actually. They did find it first. They found it before it even made it to town. And Galad made arrangements and paid the captain that I've got two people I want to get on your ship. But then when it got to dock, Galad left two of his white cloaks there. Okay, here's where we've got an issue. We're not talking about Galad and white cloaks yet. Oh, crap. So I'm okay. not misremembering. <laughs> I got I'm reading totally your notes correctly. Oh, okay. Timeline. We're talking with well, Uno. No, names now, are hard. Now look at the look at the notes. Yeah, Galad okay. shows up after the thing that we're no, talking about. No, 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 about. no. There's a paragraph of notes in between here. This is where we're getting messed up. Masima found the ship. Yeah, but White Cloaks found it first. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm right saying. There in the notes, White Cloaks got there first. We haven't talked about Galad yet. Galad has not entered the scene yet. Right, right. I just got three sentences out of order. And this is the great quality content you get at Fantasy for the Ages. And you know what? Support us it's, on Patreon. Honestly, the mess that we're having with this chapter right now is kind of apropos because they're having a mess with this chapter. It is. I, I struggled to create the notes to just tell this succinctly because the women are being so catty that it's very distracting. <laughs> the men aren't being very helpful either. <laughs> it's just everyone like throwing their tidbits and it's like, okay, is this useful, actionable information? Right. No, no, you're telling us that you had it, but now you don't have it, but now you do have it, and now there's people fighting, and now we have to fight to get through this thing. Yes, and that's the crux of what we really need to nail down here, because why are there riots in the city at all? Nine because eight. the Sema found the ship, but the White Cloaks already had it. The White Cloaks are holding the docks, keeping the Prophet's, ba Prophet's forces back, so there's all-out war against White Cloaks by the Dragon Sword now, and... The prophet has declared them open season because they're holding the ship he wants. I'll tell you, three people know whose fault this is. <laughs> Nynaeve knows. One's looking Uno very knows. sheepish and the other two are looking... And I think Reagan knows? Is that the right person? No, 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 no. Elaine and Brigida know too. Did Nynaeve tell everything? Uh, to them. At least she enough? did fess up to them. So, so there they're are like, five people who know. They're like, really? At least and five. And we're in Nynaeve's point of view. So she's like, it's not like they warned me that this was even a possibility this could happen. Okay, who was going to warn you? But also, <laughs> you send two powerful people who hate each other and have armies to do the same task, and neither can let the other accomplish the task if they're going to accomplish it. Yeah. It's so not like add. you said... Let's burn the boat. No, let's, we need to secure it. Let's add Galad to this situation now. Let's get okay? him in here. Get a pretty boy in. Right as Nynaeve's going to have to fess up to this, her kind of being responsible for this mess, Galad shows up in plain clothes saying, I have a ship. It's like, yeah, we know already, dude. <laughs> and Elaine is furious that he's holding a ship and basically starting a war over it. Okay, I, sorry, I just need to clarify. He's in like normal clothing, correct? Yes, plain clothes. Yes. Cool. I just my brain was like, isn't plain clothes as one word another term for underwear? No, that's short clothes. I don't know. My brain was like, 
I want to clarify that he's not wearing Picture his him underwear. in his underwear if it works for you. Honestly, maybe it's more distracting and better armor than if he was wearing full armor. <laughs> yeah, nobody could do anything. They're like, oh, Galad. Just Galad in his boxers <laughs> running around with a sword. Oh, no. It's fanfic he's a now. Guy. Come on, he's a briefs guy. I don't know. <laughs> uh, so Elaine's upset with him. He's held onto this boat. He won't let Masima's people at it. He's forcibly holding the docks with his troops. How could you do this? And for Galad, he's like, it's the only thing I could do. Yeah. And this Why? isn't fair to Galad either, because Elaine's going to be upset with him no matter what. Elaine doesn't like him. <laughs> True. <laughs> like, that's that's not a fair thing. But also, Galad has orders to be where he is, to be dealing with the prophet and this stuff and keeping things at bay. And he's also got limited numbers as well as he was tasked by Nynaeve and took it upon himself to secure them this boat made so he's a doing what he can do yeah yeah and he even says you know i don't know why masima would want it but certainly it's not to let you get on <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> that's actually exactly great. why it's exactly yeah 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 so they come up with a plan okay glad and his white cloaks need to hold the ship and then Uno and his Shinarans will get the group through the riots to the ship. And Galad's like, have no fear. My my troops will be able to hang on to it. We just need to get there. So Galad's planning to help them get there. Is and at that point, saying. that means we've solved one of the issues. We have to fight through the riots. We don't have to fight through the White Cloaks. Right. They we have fight in. through the riots to the White Cloaks. And then Galad says, yeah, take them. You're good. You're good. Go, go, go. So so Nynaeve's like, okay, we need to get ready to go. Uno, go get your guys. Galad, go make sure your guys hold on to the dock and know we're coming. Everybody's get ready to go. And then, as they all scatter, Valen Luca shows up. What's he want? And, well, he's trying to get his whole menagerie to leave as well. He sees the city burning. He's like, this is not a good place to stick around when mm. riots are burning down the town. I mean, especially when he does have someone who deals in explosives with him. <laughs> and he's saying to his people, you know, just grab the essentials. We're not taking everything. We have to go now. But he's come to Nynaeve, Nana, and says, I need a word. She's like, I'm kind of busy. No, I need a word now, private. Mm. Okay. So she, yep, allows herself to be guided off to the side with him. And what ensues is both hilarious and actually slightly touching. I don't really find it touching. It oh, just kind of no, is. Slightly. Not very. Just slightly. Okay, what happens? What is uh, this about? What does he want to say? He he gets a little simpy as he begs for her to stay with him. Uh, stay with him indefinitely. He'd love Make her him company babies. and further. And yeah, yeah, no Wow, that got way cruder, way faster than I expected. Um, that's what he does. <laughs> it goes right there. But it there. is true. He'd love to marry beautiful her babies. one day, maybe, and they'd have beautiful babies together and all that stuff. And no. I thought it was no. funny how it stumbles into marriage. Because he's like, you know, yes, stay with me. And she's like, why? Oh, so we can have beautiful babies together. And she's like, married? And he's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> He wasn't actually thinking that part, but that's where she was to go. He's, he literally says, I've, I've never married anyone before. Which makes me wonder, has he had babies with someone before? Huh? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You gotta wonder. Fail and Luca, man. Hmm. 
are we gonna we gonna t- stumble upon a town somewhere where someone has a knife around their neck ready for him? Like nice. Now, of course, Nynaeve shoots him down, but kind of not too roughly. And partly she does it by saying, alas, she doesn't use the word alas. I'm just going there. I'm already betrothed. Say what? This is simultaneously a valid reason and a bad way to say it. Because it is a valid reason to say you're already engaged or whatever. But you say, no, I have a partner. Not, I'm sorry, I have a partner. Because if you say, I'm sorry, I have a partner, you're saying, I would love to, but this person is holding me back. That's not okay. Now, there's also the bit, though, where Luca has interpreted she's been flirting with him for weeks and does not mention this other guy. So that gives him an opening. He's like right in there. There's another man. Come with me anyways. I will make you forget him completely. Good luck with that. There's not a lot of people that can make you forget. She's like, Lan, king of the Malkier in exile. At the very least, he knows how to use his sword better. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Valen does not take it well to be rejected, but he turns it into a commitment to find her again one day and win her heart. He has not given up, and he wanders off. We'll check back in eventually and see if that ever comes true. Yeah, maybe we will see him one day. First time readers, keep reading to find out. We switch to Elaine's POV then. Cool, cool, And this ends the chapter with another entertaining and hilarious scene. This Mm. time between her and Sarandon, our shredded trainer. And Brigida is along for the ride. And this is great, because Elaine is going to Sarandon to get her to leave with them. She's saying, we're going to go. Okay, and yeah, Luca's leaving, but no... We've got a ship. You need to come with us because there are some people we're headed to will be very interested in, in meeting and talking with you. And Sarandon's not like immediately super opposed, but she's she's got a big concern. She's like, there's not many ships that can carry Shredded. You're like, can they come? No, no. She doesn't say can. She's like, it's the understanding. They would be coming. Exactly. No, when she says, can they come? It's like, because if they don't, I don't. Like, I... Sorry, yeah, not sorry. Elaine's right there going, oh, yeah, sorry. Uh, oh. They won't be able to come, but I'm sure Luca will take good care of them. In fact, uh, Sarandon does it right. She doesn't say, sorry, I can't come. She says, no, I will not be leaving my elephants. Yeah, they're kind of important to her. And, well, Elaine's not one to want to take no for an answer. So she pushes. She's like, no, 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 th- you must come. You don't understand who I am. And she plays her trump card. It's not a good trump card. Nobody cares. I am the daughter heir of Andor. And I'm the empress herself. Who who cares? The best part is that Sarandon doesn't believe her. No. She's like, yeah, nice try. I know you've talked kind of haughty and stuff. Keep working on your attitude. Maybe you'll become a noble someday. But come on. And partly it's because the way she's dressing... And doing this stuff on the high wire? No, no, no daughter heir would do that. No, it's <laughs> unseen. So Elaine is really irked at that. So she grabs her. Okay, Nynaeve We've already tried seen to move Nynaeve like get this her ass kicked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Elaine has been nicer over time to Sarandon. So all she does is basically get her arm twisted up behind her back, and um, you'll be leaving us now. And that's it. End of conversation. 
And Elaine, when this is done, she turns to Birkita and says, why did you not help me? Uh, a couple of reasons. One, uh, you weren't in, in any serious danger. She wasn't going to actually hurt you. Uh, two, you needed that lesson. Uh, because you had it coming. Mm, you had yeah. it coming and you needed to learn that people can and will hurt you. Uh, three, I'm not your slave. I'm your warder. I'm here to protect you in these various things, but not to protect your ego when you bully your way into something. And four, it was funny. And there's a five. Really? The daughter heir of Andor? Come on, who's going to believe that? You should. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. I, I know people aren't going to believe that. Brigida, you could just like poof all around the world at one point. Do, do you not know? It never came up. It never came up. She's came been up. the whole time she's been interacting with Brigida. Elaine's been in hiding, been incognito. It's never come up that but, she's royalty. I want to go a step further. Of it's never come up when she's observed Forsaken talking, when she's observed other people in talk in Teleron Riyadh, when she's observed the wise ones and Elaine or Nynaeve. Never has it come up with anyone that she's the daughter or heir of Andor. Nobody cares. Literally <laughs> no one in this world cares. And Elaine throws a hissy fit. I she would literally too. just stops and goes, ah! Okay, I might not do that. But And Brigitte's like, do you feel better? <laughs> for being in control, theoretically future control, but also like an important figure in the geographically largest and one of the economically strongest nations on the continent. Mm-hmm and nobody cares or believes you, it's infuriating. She maybe will need to learn how to better be the daughter heir. Maybe, and maybe needs to understand a little better what that means to her and how it really carries through, as opposed to what she believes the perceptions of the world has or what perceptions she even has about it. I think she's also learned a harsh lesson about spangly hot pants. Mm, that they're comfy as opposed to dresses. They're not know. always, I don't wear not always very much. flattering, though. Both Nynaeve and Brigida take cracks at the size of her rear end. So, <laughs> all right. Chapter 48, leave takings. We're back to Nynaeve's point of view as she's packing up a few valuables to take with them. Like what? Lan's signet ring. That's valuable. And, and her great serpent ring. Both valuable for a variety of reasons, but both of them more for their uh, significance as to what they mean than what they physically are. Gems, a bag of gem, actually a container of gems, precious stones from Amathera. What's Those that about? are that's the ones that they got from the Panarch that they had freed at the time. Uh, that goes back to Tanchico and their time there. Um, it, it's liquid-ish funds. Okay, herbs from Rande Macura. Macura, man, mm. I'm ha- mangling that name again, including. A particular herb of interest being what's That's the special one? That anti-channeling herb known as fork root. Yes, she's got a whole collection of things, including the fork root. Uh, the letter of rights that she still thinks might work. What and you know with that, depending on who she went to, it might. It's that letter that uh, the Omerlin seat signed to say, "Hey, give them a bunch of money to like any bank in any major city." Um, except it was signed by the Omerlin seat, Swan Sanche, who is no longer the Omerlin seat. And like, 
it's debatable as to whether it would work or not, but like you're still far enough away from Tarvalon that current events maybe? travel slow. Yeah. Uh, she gets the remaining coin notes. They've got like less than half of what they started with. Cause which is still more than Nynaeve had ever seen in her life before leaving. Oh, the that's two true. Um, the Adam and the silver arrow. The Adam. Where'd they being, get an Adam? Uh, where did they actually get the Adam? Was that something that they had in Valen Lucas? Was that something that was there? It was there because Sarandon had it. Yeah, they Sarandon got it from had her. it, and they and Elaine's been studying and all that. Um, the Silver Arrow uh, shouldn't be. Yeah, she almost doesn't take the Silver Arrow, yeah. but it shouldn't be in the same way that Brigida shouldn't be. <laughs> the world of dreams. This is That's a right. weird situation where it's like, hmm, matter cannot be created nor destroyed. How'd this get here? Physics? What you doing? Crazy. There's talk. an explanation yeah. there because Robert Jordan knew it's physics, but like we don't get it. There's a Quindiar disc. You mean a seal on the Dark One's prison. And then two Dream Terran Grial that they've carried since Tear. Where'd they get those? Those are the ones I they mean, got off of the Black Audra that they captured because they had eaten. Right. They like basically had each stolen one at one point from the tower. Yep. Um, do you remember what the shape of these two are? I do not. And it was mentioned in the book, but I, know, I didn't write that in the I don't notes. think either of these is the Hedgehog. Because no, the Hedgehog was no. the totally different trap thing. Right. Um, but... I liked how this packing was a nice reminder of many of their encounters over the past months. It was a cute little device Jordan used here in this chapter. Honestly, it reminds me of uh, the items that you actually write down in your inventory when playing D&D, as opposed to the <laughs> items that you theoretically have. Mm. Like, no one writes down, yeah, I've got five torches still, unless they're being weird with how they use their torches. But you write down, yeah, I have this one magic item that I stole off this one person. There you go. Uh, Elaine comes in, grabs her stuff too. Uh, I didn't mention it, but they're both gra grabbing clothing as well. It's kind of important. Elaine seems to be grabbing more clothing than Nynaeve, but Nynaeve's taking her share too. And then clothing they has grown on her. Yeah, and then they exit uh, the wagon and find Brigida, Tom, and Julin, who have their supplies. Uh, the guys seem to not have any clothing other than what they're wearing. Um, they might have a change of clothes here and there. Some fresh socks uh, yeah. for if they get in the muck. Brigida's got some clothing with her. Not as much as these two, but actually a healthy dose. Apparently she does like to look good. It's also a little surprising she's got a healthy dose, considering she's only been in existence for a week. Ah, but then we see some stuff happen here. They're clearly getting ready to leave, and people from around the menagerie come to wish them well. Mm -hmm. And one of them, Clarine, comes up to Brigida with more clothes. This is where she's been getting the stuff. Clarine makes the outfits, and she's loved outfitting Brigida. Partially because Brigida's super down for whatever kind of... Oh, like she's like, scandalous? everything yeah, to its best. let's do it. Yeah. I mean, this one point last chapter where she poked fun at Nynaeve saying, you know, she walked in and Nynaeve, like, covered up. Because we'll you know, actually kind of revealing take the outfit. neckline lower. And yeah, Brigida was like, "No, no, no, no! Don't, don't do that. You don't want to. I mean, that just draws attention the wrong way. If you want to draw attention, just stick them out a little more. That's what Brigida does. Just thrust the chest. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that is the motion when you draw back a bow. Humorously, Aludra is one of the ones that comes up to them and gives a gift that makes Nynaeve quite nervous. What does she give them? Matches. More. Two more boxes of these." fire sticks yeah which is great yeah it's flammable and you don't want to keep it in the same bag as 
all of your clothes because if it, something goes wrong, you've now burnt all of your clothes. Um, but also, like, it's really cool and useful. And why are you so scared of this naive? You can literally throw a fireball at someone's head. If she's angry. I'm pretty sure she'd be angry enough if her clothes were on fire. Unless she's scared. It's valid. The last to see them off is Valen Luca himself, who actually, in front of everybody, comes up and gives Nynaeve a bouquet of wildflowers. Now, they're a little bedraggled. They're kind of sad, but he clearly spent time wandering around the fields, grabbing whatever flowers he could. Oh, yeah, because we look around and we go, all I see are weeds. These are the most beautiful weeds he could find. And he presents them to her with flowing words about her beauty, her marvel, her wondrousness, just lays it on so thick. And it just, she's turning redder and redder. She's embarrassed. She's humiliated, but she just takes it. And then he's done. And they leave. And nobody says a word to Nynaeve. <laughs> They're like, powder keg, but let's okay. not light this. Nynaeve doesn't like it, which is to say she doesn't. And also is thinking, why doesn't Lan do these things for me? Yeah, she's actually getting ticked that Lan has never poured out such affection as this Bozo Luca does. What which also, she's wrong. Like, she's right, but she's wrong. Because that conversation that Rand overheard when he turned her away was some of the most heartfelt, heart-wrenching things that Lan has ever said and meant yep, more than everything Val and Luca just said. Absolutely true, but all she's focusing on right now is how he's wedded to death. All she's focusing on is Moraine. What has he done for me lately? <laughs> okay, they're headed to the city now. Galad is with them to lead them to the docks, and Tom and Julin are on either side of him. And then the women are behind them, but flanking all along the sides are all the Shinarans. Nice. And as they approach the city itself, they all kind of have their weapons out and ready. Even Brigida has an arrow knocked just in case. Turns out to be a good thing, because when they enter the city, the place is a wreck. Rioters have clearly just been destroying things. There's, there's doors hanging off their hinges. There's flames coming out. There are dead bodies. Okay, it's yeah. not been good. But they somebody basically anybody. went around and said, hey, um, there's no rules if there's no one left to enforce them. And they right. said, okay, that's the purge, baby. Let's go. Kinda. And there's no one in sight alive. They head toward the docks, though, on the ready. And seeing the state of things, both Nynaeve and Elaine embrace Sidar. They, Which they got it. upset. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, seeing the condition here and dead people and what's been done to them, that ticks her off. So I think there's three things ticking her off right now, and she's feeding into all three of them. One started with getting ticked at Lan, and she fed that because she instinctively was like, I might need this. That's fair. Two, she gets in there and sees the chaos and is mad at herself for mm-hmm. the fact that this is partially her fault. She can't admit to herself that it's her fault, but she can be mad at herself. I anyway. like it. I like and that three, too. Yeah. She's also mad at herself again for the fact that there are so many people dead that she couldn't fix. She couldn't heal. She couldn't be there to help all these people. Completely irrational. Of course she couldn't. There's so many people. She couldn't do anything about it. That's interesting. because She's going to have a very different thought in just a moment. Because as they work their way through the city and they hear the angry buzz of crowds and rioters in the distance... 
one of these groups comes around a corner, sees them, and charges instantly. There's no hesitation. They come at them. And so here you've got all these guys with all their weapons and Brigida and just arrow after arrow after arrow. And the group basically holds them off. And Galad, well, he pretty much kills a whole bunch of them. He's not a hold them off kind of person. He's a flick, flick, flick. Oh, you're on the ground dead kind of person. The best way to hold them off is to very quickly kill half of them and the other half run away. When this is all said and done, most people are nicked up, little cuts and stuff, but nobody's severely wounded. And then there's Galad, pristine still. No one listens just a little bit. (laughs) The Shinarids are looking at him like, dude, (laughs) new light here. This guy's impressive. It's also Uno eyeing him up with his one eye going yeah i'm glad we didn't try to take you in that alleyway (laughs) they continue on then but i want to point out naive looking at these dead people and a few of them that are wounded mostly dead and she's like dirt yeah no interest in healing here's the interesting thing the people who get injured that she sees as these innocent people she will want to help and i think we'll see that as we keep looking forward but People who she sees as they brought this on to themselves, they are attacking. They are the problem. They are the aggressors. She kind of channels some of her anger towards them, too, to help keep her channeling. Hmm. I'm watching the current season of The Witcher right now. I've watched the five okay. episodes that are out. Okay. Okay. Nynaeve would not make a good Witcher. No. Neutrality, impartiality. Yeah, she doesn't have that. Granted, I will help you. You suck. Die. To be honest, <laughs> a lot of times the person that we all think is the best witcher doesn't make a good witcher for the same reason. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so maybe she'd be fine. Have you watched those episodes yet, by the way? I have not yet. Uh, they're good and not good. Adaptation. They've done some things, um, but I they're doing some things books. that are not bad as well. Like they are playing into... Mm-hmm. Uh, the time of contempt gotcha. is in there, as oh. well as the conclave of no, words are hard. It's not the right word. Anyways, um, uh, I have not actually coming. gotten all the way through the books yet because I took a Ooh. break at one. I took a break at one point and never actually got back to them, so they're still partially on my shelf. Yeah, you do that thing. That's right. Which to me uh, is okay because it means I think I'll actually enjoy the show more when I watch it. And then I'll go and read the books and I'll enjoy the books better anyways, and it's fine. But I won't be disappointed by the show. Rather, I'll just, in retrospect, be like, the show could have been better. Yeah, there's been enough shifts happening here now that I'm like, yeah, I'm kind of glad this is the last season of The Witcher. It's not the last season of The Witcher. No, it's, but it's the last the season, season of The Witcher. Of the Witcher. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Uh, they continue on, dinged up except for Galad, and they run into a squad of White Cloaks. And Galad just has a few words, and now they have a new addition to their guard. And this bigger group now continues on, doesn't have any issue, makes it to the docks. And then Galad, hey, here's our guy, our guys. Well, and, and here's the thing. A group of 12 guys, yeah, our group of 20 can take them. A group of 40 guys, none of the other groups are going to try and take them. Yeah, exactly. He rushes Nynaeve and Elaine right onto the boat. It's like, I have delivered you. Whoop. This was my job. Job's over. Nynaeve, she's been dragging forward, dragged forward. She's looking to the side. She sees a whole group of refugees there. Men, women, children. And they look, uh, help us. You know, and there's white cloaks holding them back from the ship. 
But before she can do anything about that, she sees Galad having an argument with the captain. He's like, hey, wait, wait, wait. You paid me for two women. What's with this whole crowd of people? And yeah. Nynaeve and Elaine get into it going, hey, they all come. We have money. We will pay. We'll make it happen. I'm, you know. Look, Nynaeve at the end of the day, do you want to stay here? Yeah, Nynaeve has to get a little pushy, but she gets her way. And then she goes next level. He starts letting them all board. Great. And then he tells Galad, okay, now get your white cloaks out of here and we'll be on our way. Galad's like, fine. And Nynaeve's like, but wait, we need everybody on board and points at the refugee. He's like, I I give alms on Sunday. I'm not a charity service every day. We don't day take no week. freeloaders. She's like, we will make it worth your time. He's like, I'm not. And she goes all wisdom on him. She gets in his face. She looms big. She, I'm in Thunderhead Nynaeve. And he's like, yes, ma'am. Now <laughs> he I backs down and they all get on board. I have a not so interesting uh, semantics question. Uh-huh. Do these people count as refugees yet? They're like if they're from a riotous city. But if they're from so. Samara and they're still in Samara, do they count as refugees as until they As soon as they get on the boat, yes, they are. Yeah, but while they're waiting yeah. for the boat and they're not on it, they're just like <laughs> in a panic in their city, right? Uh, fair. Okay, okay. Technically. <laughs> as everyone boards, Nynaeve takes a moment then to go thank Glad. Elaine comes with. Just some some minor, meaningless words back and forth there. But then Galad says something, a final word of parting. And he says, Nynaeve, stay clear of Randall Thor. He brings destruction. He will break the world again before he is done. Stay clear of him. And then Galad's out. So a couple of things there. Um, yeah. One, he's probably right. Like, he's right. Two, uh, Nynaeve's not going to listen. Uh, not really. And three... Galad just told us that he wholeheartedly does believe that Randall Thor is the Dragon Reborn. And these comments verify that when he says he will break the world again. He's leaning into that. Elaine's sitting there hearing these words and looks kind of flustered. Why would that be? I know I don't really like you, but I was really hoping you would kind of get around to liking this Randall Thor, Galad. This is my boyfriend. (laughs) But hey, you never told me I had to stay away from him. You just told Nynaeve. And Galad, only you fully understood. But, but we can't talk more about that for right a now. Much, much later day. <laughs> so Galad had shared with Nynaeve. He paid their fare halfway to Camelin. That's all he could do. He trusts they'll be able to make their way from there. And the chapter ends with Nynaeve noting that surely he doesn't suspect they have no intention of returning to Camelin. What do you think, Zach? Did he know, so he only arranged fair partway because they're not going to Camelin? Or is Nynaeve right and he just has no idea? What do you think? I think it's a very, like, safe, easy thing to be like, yeah, he doesn't really know. But I think it's more Galad trying to do the right thing again um, while doing his duty. Two ways. Um, Going, Mm. hey, one, I can't condone you not going back. I think it's the right thing for you to go back. But I know you believe you're doing something important, and I know that might actually be true. So I'm going to make a kind of caveat in here, going only halfway, so that maybe you go like I think you should, but maybe you go to this other thing that maybe you should do, as well as this little piece going, things have been funky. I don't know exactly what's going on in Camelin. I'm not positive it's the safest place for mm-hmm. you. Uh, so yeah, I still true. think you should go. 
But if I just send you there without knowing what's going on or being able to go you, my, with you myself, yeah. I can't verify your safety. So I'll leave some so options. So let's do a half measure, and I can catch up with you, and maybe we can get to Caitlin together. So I think I like he's doing that. the best way he can meet his various duties. I will say, I think Galad Damadred is a smarter dude than people give him credit for. And I think for as black and white as he seems to see the world, he is a lot more complex than people initially give him credit for. When he goes the gray, he does it very intentionally. And he finds a way to justify it for himself. So it still feels like a black and white decision. In case you couldn't tell, I think we're actually kind of Galad stands on this podcast. But Gawain can go die in a corner. Absolutely. (laughs) Abysmally. (laughs) (laughs) All right. That is the end of the chapter. That is the end of this episode. If you are a first time reader, this is when you get out. Because we're about to spoil a couple of things. So... Thanks for watching. Look at all the notes of how you can connect with us. And uh, we'll talk to you, first time reader, next time. For the rest of you... The Spoiler Room. I'm rolling the monster die today. I'm rolling the funny little liquid co- uh, liquid core koi pond die that I got at Jordan Con. It's Ooh. very pretty. I'm also probably going to get more dice tomorrow because I'm going to a convention here in town. Um, I got a 10. What you got? I got an 18. Crap. What convention Um, are you going to tomorrow? uh, RTX. It's the Rooster Teeth Expo. It's a number of fun, nerdy things in the film, video game, uh, RPG, number of Get some live footage, and we can put it up here. Uh, May or may not, depending upon a number of things, but rules the biggest thing that we're actually going for rach and i um is dungeons and daddies her favorite podcast (laughs) okay um and being kind of involved in that community which is going to be a great time got it all right what you gonna spoil um so i have to go for some low-hanging fruit because you blatantly highlighted it don't don't take mine um galad oh it's actually rand's older half brother you suck man and so whenever he's like, hey, stay away from this guy, it's like, mm, stay away from my half-brother, who's not blood-related to you, Elaine, but also, like, is blood-related to me, and I'm blood-related to you. So he's kind of related to you, but not really in any way, shape, or form. So it's not weird, but it's kind of weird. Um, but eventually we'll get to a point where we, like, don't like each other, but mutually respect each other, kind of. And so it's like, hey, you do your thing, and I'm going to do my thing. We both know each other's things are necessary, and we both recognize that we're brothers, but we don't see each other as brothers, per se. Galad and Gawain are brothers. Galad and Rand are... Eh, they're estranged relatives. All right, fair enough. Anyways, uh, what are you going to do now? Oh, I'm going with the other low-hanging fruit. Okay. Yes, we will see Vela Luca and the Menagerie again. <laughs> when? And we see them for an interminable amount of time when Matt Cawthon will join up with them with some Aes Sedai in hiding as well as some escaped uh, Demane and, and, and oh, Tuan. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's a mess. And they're, ugh. But they're also entertaining. And Luca and his people, they're still there. They're still doing their thing. I just want to point out how sometimes I'm kind of clever on accident. Um, it was after I made the comment that I realized it was leaving Ebu Dar that they've run into him again. Uh, 
after I made the comment about him potentially having slept with someone with a marriage knife, which is the custom there. <laughs> so, like, it works out, it, but it was... You know, the, they weren't in Abu Dhar. The menagerie wasn't in No, Abu but it was Abu Dhar adjacent. It makes sense to me if it's Val and Luca had, nice has theory. a spurned, scorned woman there. It's a nice theory that they so were headed away. actually go to Abu Dhar. Well, even that they were headed away from Abu Dhar because, yeah, maybe Luca got in trouble. And I'm just <laughs> saying, uh, certain people in the nobility have some interesting tastes, maybe. Now, people who are first-time readers have no idea what Abu Dhar? Nice. Yeah, but people who what? are first-time readers shouldn't <laughs> be here. No, you should not. <laughs> All right, that was fun. Uh Thank you, everybody, for being with us. I'm going to play our outro here now and highlight a few things. I really want to, again, point people to Discord. We've had some people joining us recently in Discord. The numbers are growing again. It's a great place to hang out, talk with people who like fantasy, science fiction, and cats and dogs. I like um, dogs. Yeah, also cats are our okay. Patreon page. It does cost us some money to run this show, to host hosting fees, equipment, and stuff. I got a cool new mic right and people who support us thank you uh go to our patreon page to find out how you can do that and uh you get some perks and then of course find us on social media twitter mastodon facebook threads um that's the bad current thing right <laughs> it is <laughs> unfortunate name all right that's all we got thanks everybody we will talk to you next time